How you doing, everybody out there in podcast land? This is your friendly, good-looking Cajun conservative. Welcome to the Cajun Conservative Show, where we talk about life, we talk about liberty, and we talk about the pursuit of happiness and showing the world, yes, Cajuns do have intelligence. So glad to be back with you on this episode. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, as the word says. I'm just excited to be here today. And look, I want to go ahead and welcome, if this is your first time here listening to the Cajun Conservative, welcome to the program. Also, I want to go ahead and say that my Facebook page has blown up in the last couple of days. A lot of people might look at my likes on there and say, well, that's not a lot of people, Isaac. Why are you happy with that? You know, I, I, last time I looked, I think 260 new people have went to the page and liked it. I have reached uh, over over 80, according to Facebook, almost 80,000 people or 80,000 engagements or whatever you want to say like that. So, you know, I, I, what I do is I join groups and I want to thank the people at Citizens of a Better Louisiana. I want to go ahead and thank, you know, uh, Barry Martin for his two group pages that he has, the Cadiana Republicans and Beat Them Democrats, I think, or something like that, Dump the Democrats. It was a page like that. We we share, you know, I share a lot of uh, podcasts and a lot of information on these, these groups. And, uh, yes, it does get the word out, but it's also educating the people of what's going on. And I just want to go ahead and thank, the people that made these groups, if they're listening, I want to thank you for doing that because it helps me get the podcast out. It helps me spread the 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 thought of freedom, and it it, it just it's just a it's a tremendous blessing that y'all are there, and I appreciate everything that y'all do. But hey, look, if this is your first time listening, welcome again to the Cajun Conservative. If you have not yet, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and also leave us a review if possible. It helps out more than you know. I know Spotify does follow, so if you're on Spotify, go ahead and follow this podcast. You get all the new updates. And also go look us up on Facebook at The Cajun Conservative. You can go ahead and find uh, find us on there. And as I said, man, throughout the week, the purpose I, I, I wanted to do a po- uh, podcast Facebook page was specifically to share news articles, in my opinion, through the week that you can, you know, I do this once a week, and, it, you know, it, it's hard to cramp a lot of things in there. Uh, but there is things like this week, two major stories that has, that have come out of this week, and it that we're going to focus that those two stories on the first and the uh, third segment. In the second segment today, I'm going to have in studio Officer James Tipito. Uh Brother James is a, a member of our church, and he's also we serve in ministry. We we work in the ministry together, and great brother in the Lord, great officer, um, has some great things he wants to share with us as pertaining to all this Black Lives Matter and all this stuff that's going on. It would defund the police and everything. And Brother James got some great information that I feel that is going to be a blessing to you. So stick around for the second segment and listen to Brother James Thibodeau and myself have a conversation on the, the, the issues at hand. And, you know, we're always hearing the different sides of it. We're always hearing, you know, the, vic- the victim's families. Are we always hearing... You know, all this stuff that's going on in this nation, and we're hearing it from the people that, 
you know, oh, the cops treat us wrong or, or the actives like BLM and uh, um, Antifa and, and all these people. But we never hear from an officer size. So I wanted to pick up an officer size point of view. And I think you're going to be blessed with that when you hear it. And. Look, guys, this week we've had a lot of things go on. As you know, I am a Bible-believing Christian. The Bible says pray for the peace of Israel. And as Christians, we do. You know, if you study God's word and you study things, you know we're in a time where it's called the, the time of the Gentiles, you know. And the Jewish people have special prophecies that are about to happen and as a believer, and I'm studying that right now, you know, I just don't look at Fox News and Breitbart and Daily Wire. I, I go ahead and I have my personal time with the Lord where I study his word. And right now I'm studying a lot on Bible prophecy. So and Israel plays a big role into that. But Israel this week, and I pray for the peace of Israel. I pray for their protection. But as Americans, Israel is by far one of our closest allies. So Monday night, after we went ahead and uh, recorded Brothers Just Searching with, you know, Brother Bowen and Brother Anthony, we, you know, I didn't hear until the next day that Hamas, the terrorist group in the Gaza Strip, went ahead and attacked Israel. I think shot over 400 rockets. Now, there's a neat video out there. It's on my Facebook page, at the Cajun Conservative, where it's showing the Iron Dome in effect. I heard this week that the Iron Dome in Israel is the most worked Iron Dome in the world because there's so many rockets getting sh- uh, getting sh- uh, shot to, you know, they 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 they're going they they they're they're hitting all these rockets that are shot over from the Gaza Strip. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. You you know, if you're a Jewish person that's listening to this and you you're wondering how did they get this capability of shooting rockets across into the border from the Gaza Strip, you can thank President George W. Bush. George W. Bush, 43, went ahead and told the Jewish people back in the day around 2005, 2004. Listen, if you give up the Gaza Strip. Give up your homes, give up your, your, your livelihoods and move away and give this to the Palestinians. They're not going to bomb you no more. They're not going to hurt you no more. And Israel went ahead and do it because they were relying on a president that was so called for the Jewish people. They went ahead and they gave that. Now they have all the ability to shoot from the Gaza Strip. That was, that was Jewish land back in uh, the early 2000s, folks. But, and I hate to say it, a Republican president went ahead and just gave up land, told him, hey, give it up and you're going to have peace. I heard a saying this week that if, if, if the terrorists get, uh, drop, uh, put down their arms, there will be peace in the Middle East. If Israel lays down their arms, there will be no Israel. Because the, 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 the Hamas terrorists and all these people, they just hate Israel to begin with. But this war broke out on Monday. Last I heard, Jewish forces was doing air raids into the Gaza Strip. 
and they were protecting themselves. Now, this is where I'm going to come to it, and this is what got me very upset. And I have about four to five articles that are t- that are that have American politicians. American politicians saying that Israel was wrong, that Israel should not defend themselves. Israel should not go ahead and and they're, they're, they're basically calling Israel terrorists. When I go ahead and I have these conversations, I tell people, well, who fired the first rocket? Who fired the first shot? It was Hamas. Hamas out of nowhere says, hey, we're going to shoot 400 rockets to Israel. And it's but it's it's Israel's fault, of course. And look, this, look Israel is a, is a great ally to this these great United States. And look, without the blessing of Israel, without Israel, you know, there we wouldn't be blessed. The American people need to realize that. America is blessed because of Israel. We stand on the backs of Israel. God made a promise to Abraham saying, I will bless those that will bless you, and I will curse those that will curse you. But you have American politicians saying that, you know, Hamas wasn't wrong. That Hamas was was really, they. we don't know why Israel is doing this. When Hamas went ahead and fired the first rocket. Now I'm going to go ahead. Not to my knowledge, not one Republican has come out and said that Hamas was guilty and Israel was wrong. I have not heard that. And you will not hear that because the Republican party says that Israel has the right to defend themselves. Now they, they, there is Democrats that are saying this. There's Democrats that are going to go ahead. I'm going to start right from the top with Joe Biden. And look, I shared an article to a few groups about in the in the title is from the um from uh, uh from Fox News. Democrats divided over Israel on full display as Jewish state clashes with Hamas terrorists. And this article is talking about how the Democrat Party split. But I'm going to start from the top and. Joe Biden. Joe Biden did not say that it was Hamas, you know, uh, Israel's fault that Hamas attacked. Joe Biden says that, hey, you know, Israel should protect themselves, that Israel should go ahead and defend herself. Well, it's great, Joe, but you went ahead and reinstated all the things that Donald Trump took away to protect Israel. Like sending money to the Palestinians. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm hoping not, but I probably gave them weapons, but gave them money for sure. And look, Joe Biden's talking both sides about his mouth. And I didn't realize that when I put the article up. But a lot of people were saying that. Well, Joe Biden went ahead and sent money to the Palestinians, reinstated all kind of Palestinian stuff. That hurt Israel. Nancy Pelosi said the same thing. Israel has no right to go ahead and defend themselves. But she's the one that passed through all these laws. Now, kudos for them making them them statements saying that Israel does have the right to protect herself. But when you go ahead and fund the people that are attacking them, it's kind of it's kind of useless then. But then you go ahead and you have others. Like Senator Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont. And then look, one, one side note, this man always runs as a Democrat when he's running for president, and he's an independent. Blame the right-wing extremists in Jerusalem for the violence. 
I'm trying. I'm pulling up his tweet. I am extremely concerned by the growing conflict in Israel and Palestine. Once again, we are seeing how the irresponsible actions of government-aligned right-wing extremists in Jerusalem can escalate quickly in devising war. Wait a minute, Mr. Sanders. So you're telling me that the Jewish people, because they lean more to the right, that's why Hamas said one day, hey, we're going to attack them. I don't think the Jewish people called them and said, hey, we're right-wingers. Go ahead and attack us on this certain, certain date. No, Bernie Sanders, they didn't go ahead and it was Hamas because of their hatred towards Israel. It was their hatred toward the Jewish people. But it's funny how Bernie Sanders is blaming the right wing leaning Jewish politicians. This is why it's costing war, really. So, so, so you're telling me that it's because it's all right because you, you, you know, because you, you think more to the right that it's okay to attack somebody? This statement from Bernie Sanders is just stupid. We also have Alexander Ocasio-Cortez that goes ahead and says, um, let me give you some content on that. Israel's children should not have to spend the night scared in bombs, shelters, as many are doing tonight. Palestinian children should not have to grow up under the constant violence and oppression and occupation as so many do and have done he continued that was bernie sanders now yeah he said this huh you know israel children shouldn't have to be in a bomb shelter no they shouldn't but then he goes ahead palestinian children should not have to grow up under the constant violent oppression and occupation wait a minute what they would Israel, Israel's moving into the Gaza Strip now because they, they drew first blood. But you never hear... Uh, do, do you ever hear of an Israel attack first? No. Every time you hear of these penny wars that are happening in the Middle East, it's mainly because a Palestinian terrorist group shot the first rocket. To my knowledge, Israel never shot a first rocket. So it's more the children not in retaliation. Now, I have, I see stories and I see people, oh, these poor Palestinian children, they, 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 they shouldn't have to suffer. They shouldn't have to suffer from the mean Jewish Israel people that brutally attacked them. But what about the Israel, what about the Jewish children? What about the, the what about Israel's children? That, that look, if they hear a siren, they, they, they're crying. Look, firing rockets. Into Israel, you're scaring the kids. Palestinian children were sleeping sound that night. Now, look, this is war, folks. I, I don't understand this. This the war is terrible. War is terrible, and I, I I hate war because war is death. War war brings death, and it's wrong. But Israel has the right to defend themselves. Not like, you know, um. Not like Bernie Sanders is saying, oh, you know, Palestinians. Like it's all, all the Palestinians have a little halo on their their head, and they're not they're not causing none of the problems. Representative Alexander Ocasio Cortez, Democrat in New Orleans, responded to Biden on Twitter, blanket statements like these with little or acknowledgement with the participation. 
this uh, circle of violence, namely the explosions of Palestinians and attacks on Al Qaeda. Uh, I can't say that. And imply the U.S. will look. Well, implies that the U.S. will look on the other way at human rights violence. It's wrong. By only stepping in to name Hamas actions, which are condemned and refuse to acknowledge the right of Palestinians, Biden reinforced and false idea that Palestinians. In, in uh, I'm sorry, folks. I'm not the best reader. Incitement this cycle of violence, she added. This is not natural language. It takes a, a side. It takes a side, a side of occupation, uh, occupation. Excuse me, folks. I'm Cajun. I can't hardly read. And I'm, I'm, I, I, don't worry. I graduated from high school, so I know what I'm talking about. But uh, Ocasio-Cortez is saying that it's Israel's fault in this one. Taking the size of Hamas. And that, you know, implies that the U.S. will look the other way at human rights violation. What human rights was taken away from the Palestinians? As I said earlier, George W. Bush gave the Gaza Strip to, to, to the Palestinians to bring out peace. There was no human rights. What, what about the human rights of the Jewish people that, that had to leave the Gaza Strip and leave their homes? One more. Ilar Homar. Now, this is Ocasio-Cortez's squad, of course. Said in a tweet. Well, replying to... Um, oh, I'm trying to find it. Um, okay, Omar on Thursday retweeted former British Labour leader Jeremiah Coburn, who, like Omar, has reportedly accused anti-Semitism. Coburn's tweet declaring... Solitary with Palestinians cannot mark in their homes or who are living under threat of violence and oppression. Folks, these are three U.S. politicians saying that the Palestinians are living in oppression and violence. But like I said, folks, what... What really happened? You know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to understand this. Who shot the first bomb? Who shot the first bomb? It wasn't Israel. Israel went ahead and was living peacefully. But folks, it goes to the point like this. The left, I don't know why, and look, the Democrats are tall with this because some are saying, hey, we need, they have the right to defend themselves, and there's other ones that are saying, but they are oppressing. You know, hey, I'm surprised they ain't saying this isn't race. This is a racist war because the Arabs have some little bit of brown skin and the Jewish people are more white. And folks, we know that if you're a Christian, you know that 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 Israel's going to have wars and rumors of wars. And this is just a time of the end. But what gets me is politicians. Politicians in the United States are saying that it is not our it is our allies fault. And it isn't Israel's fault. When Israel didn't shoot a rocket until they were attacked upon. Look, I, I congratulate Israel for what they're doing. They're, they're protecting themselves. But folks, these, these terrorists, they, look, they're blowing up their tunnels. They're doing all this stuff. What gets me is politicians, American politicians, not standing by Israel, not standing with our allies. It's sad, folks. It's really sad. When we come back, we will have James Tipito, the police uh, a police officer from the Henderson Police Department is going to be with us to talk about 
you know, bringing of uh, we're going to be talking about um, Black Lives Matter and, you know, defunding the police. And we're going to be talking about authority, how people are not really liking authority right now. We'll be right back. For delivering material to a job site, Acadiana uses Hayes Dump Truck Services. Since 2011, Hayes has been moving heaven and earth to job sites all over Acadiana with their top-of-the-line dump trucks. Whether it's a huge landscaping job or a pre-construction site, Hayes has the manpower and equipment to move the materials fast, fast. You call, we haul. Dirt, compost, gravel, topsoil, fill sand, and limestone. Call Hayes right now, 852-8043. Hayes Dump Truck Services, where Jesus is Lord of this company. How you doing? Welcome back to the Cajun Conservative, getting ready for that second segment of the day. And I want to go ahead and welcome a good friend of mine, brother in the Lord, and also serving the ministry together, Officer James Tipido from the Henderson Police Department. Brother James, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank how, you for this. How, how's, your, how's your weekend going? You know, we record this on the weekend, so... My weekend is just like my week. It's running and gunning. You're <laughs> running and gunning, huh? <laughs> So, brother James, uh, before we before we get into the topic that I want to bring up for the second segment, I want to ask you um, how long you been a law enforcement officer, and what made you get into this line of work? Well, in nineteen eighty seven, I'll answer your second question first. In nineteen eighty seven, as a junior at Acadiana High School, I took a business law class. And it really wasn't business law. It was really a criminal law class. And in that particular year, which was also the year that I got saved, I actually knew sitting in that class that that was what I would be doing for the rest of my life, the law enforcement profession. I had no earthly idea at that time being the same year that I was I accepted the Lord into my life. I never knew the deep-rooted, biblical, personal absolution that it really entails uh, as far as a believer is concerned. Because law enforcement is biblical. It's not political. It's not uh, legislative. It is biblical, and this month, May of 2021, is actually 30 years that I've been in the law enforcement profession. Congratulations. My first two and a half years were part-time as at while I was also a full-time college student at the University of Southwestern Louisiana. So my first two and a half years, and as a matter of fact, uh, 30 years ago this month is when I actually started not only my profession part-time, but I also went through the basic post-academy, which is where you get your mandatory minimum requirements by the state of Louisiana to be a law enforcement officer full-time with all powers and abilities that are instilled by the Constitution 
of the United States and by the state. Uh, so that's where my start began. I, I began in May and also started in, in the academy the same month, 30 years ago. So it really all got ramped up pretty quick. So, so you, so at a young age, you knew this is what you wanted to do and this is what you, what God has called you to do basically. I knew at 17 years old and I'm 50 today. Hey. So, so I knew, yeah. So, so throughout, throughout, throughout all this time, you've seen a lot of things happen in just not in this country, but as a law enforcement officer to, to say, Hey, you know, you, you're well trained in what you do. I've, I've actually worked, uh, Two and a half years at when I was with USL police, I was a patrolman and a dispatcher because we rotated out in those positions. Okay. Foot patrol and motor patrol. Um, my next 20 years were with the St. Martin Parish Sheriff's Office where I did a year in corrections and almost a decade, right about a decade in patrol and then about a decade in uh, investigations to include crimes against persons, crimes, uh, property crimes, internal affairs. Um, and then, uh, I guess you could say administrative investigations underneath the sheriff, people with seemingly unsolvable problems, um, you know, and they would go to, to the sheriff directly and say, I, I have no other recourse. You need to help me solve my problem because nobody else can solve it. So it was kind of like to that. I, I would call them political emergencies. I got you. You know? So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, a lot. I've probably taken a bite out of just about everything on the buffet <laughs> that exists in the profession. So you try, you tried a little bit of everything, and they know you. How they say, yeah, jack of all trades, but a master of none? Um, yeah, I've pretty much done it all. I get yeah, you. I hear you. Yeah. So, so brother James, we we've been um we've been serving in ministry together for a little while now, and uh, we got to really know each other through the church we're affiliated with. And as right. you said, we're we're born again believers. Um, you said that um that that this isn't a political issue. This is a biblical issue, uh, with police with authority, and at, right now we're seeing in this country, and that's one reason I wanted to have you on is we're always hearing people on the left or we're hearing, you know, BLM and Antifa and all these people say, look, these cops did wrong to us, especially white cops shooting black males. This is all wrong, but we never hear the police side of it. Um, so, so your general thoughts on that, you know, when, when do you, what do you feel when you hear someone say, look, we're going to defund the police and we're going to break down this authority that you mentioned it is biblical. It's just not political. It's biblical. Well, in, in light of, uh, the George Floyd, uh, incident up in Minneapolis involving those, those officers, that was pretty much a milestone in what the enemy is actually trying to do with our country dealing with one single word and that one single word is authority okay it is it is no secret if you are a christian it is no secret that the one thing that satan despises is authority right he proved that from the start when right. he said uh, it, when it, it it stated in the book of Isaiah, when he said, "I will lift myself above the Most High," 
That was when he took his formal stand against God and said, my authority will be greater than yours. Even though you created me right, and you grant me my existence, I consider myself above you and I'm going to prove it. And he took a third of the angels of heaven with him when he could not prove it. The basic premise of what public servants are dealing with today is the enemy, his, his last great march against the authority that's been instilled by the word of God. It is a biblical authority that is granted to those of us, us men and women who have that calling on our life. Even those that aren't Christians that are in the profession. Now, granted, you have a few of them in the profession that are only in it so that they can exert an authority over other people. And those abusers of their authority, they have been plucked out one by one. Uh, Social media and handheld telephonic devices that have video and audio capabilities have afforded the opportunity to weed some of those out sooner rather than later. And yes, they do exist because in my career, I have conducted many internal affairs investigations. Some of those internal affairs investigations have resulted in those officers simply leaving the profession. Some of those have resulted in those officers being booked, being charged with a crime and booked in a jail and having to answer for their choice of violating the law. Violation of the law is a choice. It's never the devil made me do it. No, you made a yeah. choice. So 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 with this story you you're saying there is justification for lawbreakers that are wearing the uniform if they do something wrong there is a way because we we hear the media say that they're portraying it as well these cops run wild they just pull out their gun on anybody and shoot whoever they will you know they and there's no the there's no justification or as LeBron James put on his hashtag accountability but there is accountability protocol to make sure that there's that the ones that do wrong and they're proven it's wrong that they go through the justice system just like anybody else that is correct there is a process for that there is a due process just like there is a due process established by the constitution for civilians who break the law there is due process for public servants who break the law it is no different and the There is no elimination of due process if a public servant breaks the law. They're entitled to the same rights under the Fifth Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the First Amendment, that every civilian is afforded. And you you are seeing now in the media that there are several officers from the last, this previous year, Specifically, uh, officer in Atlanta who was just reinstated with his job just last week because he was accused of performing his duties illegally. He was terminated and we find he was illegally terminated and he's and and, and the, the the city of Atlanta has been ordered by the courts to give him his job back because if you engage in 
emotional enforcement, you will always get it wrong. The law was not built on emotions. The right. law was built upon what's right and what's wrong. And just because it causes more emotions, it doesn't mean you change the pathway of due process. It just means you're more emotional about it. And it, it, it doesn't negate due process. Okay? Due process is also biblical. Right. Okay? The Lord established authority, right. human authority, in the Old Testament and the New yep. Testament. Many people don't know that. Right. Many people don't realize the Lord God himself said, I will put people over people. Right. And they will not only, they won't just rule, but they will lead and guide them. Right. When authority figures view themselves as rulers, that's when their authority is tainted. Right. Just like in our profession, we have supervisors who can't teach because ours is an ever-evolving, you can't learn everything right. in the 15 weeks that you go to the academy. Our profession is ever-evolving. Uh, the rule of law, because of changes with the Supreme Court, it is ever-evolving. Right. So you can't learn everything. I've been in it 30 years. I still learn new things that are evolving from rule of law in the courts um, that are solidified by the Supreme Court. Well, you can't change that just because you're emotional. Right. And the Lord said that. In Daniel 2 and 21, he specifically states, he sets up kings and he eliminates yep. kings. In Romans 13, verses 1 through 7, he firmly establishes, all authority is in place by God, even when we don't like the authority. Right. Okay? After Jesus was crucified and Nero was made king, and he used Christians as human candles in his garden, the Lord didn't wake up after King Nero was put in place and said, how come nobody told me this guy right. was it, put it, in it, office? It didn't catch him by surprise. It didn't catch him by surprise. He instills every leader in place, even the ones that we don't like. Us as law enforcement officers are in that same position. It's a lower level leadership. Right. We don't make laws. We don't create laws. We don't, um, we don't fashion new laws. Legislators do that. The right. legislators that we send to Baton Rouge and the legislators that we send to Washington, D.C., they are the ones who create the laws. Right. They are the ones who propose the laws, and they are the ones who pass the laws. Right. Okay? In 1994, Senator Joe Biden introduced a ginormous criminal enforcement act following the election of he as vice president and Barack Obama as president President Barack Obama instilled billions of dollars in the form of COPS grants to further the crime bill of 1994 
and ramp it up and get it running and get it out there and get that program going and get these laws in place and get these laws enforced and let's get some cops on the street to affect these laws and that presidential administration did it through stimulus money funneled into the law enforcement profession. When I was with the St. Warren Parish Sheriff's Office, we received funding from COPS grants for that specific reason. A street team was created. It was called SLICE, Street Level Interdiction and Crime Enforcement. It was funded by COPS grants money that came down from President Barack Obama. He ordered that these funds be used only for crime enforcement there are numerous individuals in prison today as third time drug offenders for even minute amounts of marijuana and they're doing life because they were third time offenders what they called they were convicted under the three strike law well that street three strike law came from then Senator Joe Biden. Wow. It was his idea. It was ramped up when he was vice president by President Barack Obama through COPS grants, and you have hundreds and thousands of men and women, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, who are doing life in prison as third-time three strike offenders and there was no discretion in the 1994 crime law uh, initiated and passed by Senator Joe Biden that it only counted to felonies. It didn't count with misdemeanors. If your third strike was a single marijuana joint, that's your third strike. And Senator Joe, uh, Joe Biden's bill said you go to prison for life. Wow. And you didn't hear none of this. You don't you hear don't, it through hear, mainstream no, media. You won't, you won't hear it through mainstream media. Okay? You don't hear it through mainstream media because right now the push is, and there are certain outlets who are questioning now President Joe Biden, what are you going to do about these misdemeanor third strike mm-hmm. offenders who are doing life because of a bill that you passed as a senator in 1994? This is not a rumor. This is not made up. Any person who is listening to this can go and research this personally. Okay? This is true. This is not us versus them. This is not trying to cover up for the police. No, we were enforcing the law and have been enforcing the law. And guess what? The 1994 crime bill still is in effect today. And they're not, they're not, they're not going to take it off because it's going to make them look bad. They, they're trying to cover their tracks and try to say they're equality. They're, they're trying to help out all, you know, the minorities. But basically, that bill hurt them to put them more in jail. That is correct. The police are only enforcing the crime bill that Senator Joe Biden in 1994 said. This is what you need to be doing. Right. So, so, so on on that point, brother James, you know, when so when you hear these liberals talk about defunding the police and you know being you know giving accountability as a police officer and you what you just told me about the 1994 crime bill that joe biden did and his administration is trying to push total opposite do you feel that this is a hypocritical 
stance or they just trying to make up for what they did back in the day? What, what? Well, it's absolutely a hypocritical stance because part of the defund the police a year ago was one of the first cities it was initiated in was Los Angeles, California. Well, Los Angeles, California is trying to get $80 million to refund <laughs> their police department because the city administration realized that probably was not the best no. idea. Detroit is trying to refund their police department right now to the amount of $50.6 million because they're realizing, you know, maybe an our emotional knee-jerk reaction was not the best move for our people. Right. And now they are trying to refund their police departments because evil is running rampant. Right. And, and, and like you said, the emotional, um, it was an emotional decision because, you know, we have Mekon Bryan a while back that was shot by a white officer. The officer only had three seconds to react, saw a knife coming down. And I, I noticed that watching mainstream media and watching, you know, political activists say that this should have never happened. He should have took the taser out. He should have done all that. You first off, it's three seconds, but did not listen to the 911 tape, did not go ahead and watch the video. Nobody looked at none of the evidence and they wanted to make a hurry and judgment call. And that, that I think that's what's wrong in our nation a lot of times. Like you said, they hurried up. And what's bad about these all these counties, when my study was, they took this money, put it into programs for minority groups. Now they don't have the money to put it back because it's already dedicated to something else. Well, the the only way to, to actually see where that money has gone is to exercise your right under public records requests. Right. And find out where this money is going. Like through public records requests, it is being it, it, it's being revealed that the leader of Black Lives Matter is investing the money that was sent to that organization to, I think it's the tune of $11.4 million in houses for herself. Yep. In gated communities. And that is something that that organization is having to come to grips with that, you know, I, I think it looks like our funding was not used properly. Right. You know, and, but but that's where it comes from. It comes from not wanting to be emotionally driven, but wanting to be knowledge driven. Okay. You have to want to see the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. To see the truth. Okay. It's about wanting to see the truth. You, you can't find truth if you're only going to be emotionally driven. Right. Okay. Now at the same time, that then Senator Joe Biden was pushing his crime bill, you also had school programs being drawn up in our public school system. That has resulted in much of the mindset that our young adults have today. Uh, no child left behind. Today it's Every Student Succeeds right. Act, ESSA. Um, the first program that was really ramped up in the nineties, um, was, um, gosh, and now I can't think of the name of it, but, but 
my mother was a school teacher at the same time. The program was being put in place to where, and, and it's evolved to, um, to where a child doesn't have to get the answer right yeah. in public school. The child just have to create the facade that they are putting out the effort to answer an equation, a problem, right. something that's being put forth to them. And whether they get the answer right or not, when their public school education is finished, they're going to get a certificate called a diploma. In 1990, probably six, I was a patrolman for the sheriff's office. I was patrolling in an area around Cecilia, and it was a Martin Luther King Day. So it was a holiday. Okay. And it was a regular part of my patrol area. I was known in the area. Back then, we only had two patrolmen in the entire St. Morton Parish during the day that we answered calls. So I pulled up next to this young black male who's walking down the street. And I said, hey, how are you? How are you enjoying your day off? And without skipping a beat, this young man turned and looked at me and he said, but they should have shot four more of them so we get the whole week off. Wow. That young man is 30-something years old today, if not around 40-something years old, because he was probably fifth or sixth or seventh grade. Right. If that was his mentality in the 1990s, what do you think his mentality is today? If he could not formulate an appreciation for what Martin Luther King did yep. for the black community, then how has he been molded today? Right. Being a part of a public school system that says you just have to show up. You don't have to get it right. You can make whatever decision you want. Right. And at the culmination of this phase of your life, you're going to be rewarded for those decisions. It's even infiltrated into the public sports sector right. where every child gets a trophy. Right. If your child is going to put out 210%, but my child is only going to put out 0%, they're both rewarded according. They're both rewarded equally. They're not rewarded accordingly. Well, what do you think that does to shape the mind of a young adult, of a child? In their developmental years, what is their mindset going to be when they get to be an adult? We all get we all get everything, and we we all need to be shared. We all need to basically what it is is showing like social, socialism because everybody's equal, and you know if we do this, if everybody makes the same amount of money and everything will be happy, it's gonna make a it's gonna be a utopia, and it's not gonna be that way. But that is how it is. That's how it is, right? It is how it is. That's, that's, but, their, that's their mind thinking right now, Brother James. I, I, I understand that there's a lot of things that have been crippled in the social system because of this program called COVID mm -hmm. that's been instilled. Right. Okay. But when it has infiltrated the minds of adults to say, you need to pay me to stay home. And there are businesses left and right that yep. are closing, not because of COVID. They're closing because people don't want oh, to go work. to work because they don't need to go to work. Because the federal government is sending them money for free. The book of Philippians is still true where it says, if you don't work, you don't, don't eat. eat. Right. This is a spiritual attack. The enemy yep. is 
progressed up to this point, teaching adults to also teach their kids, you don't need to work and you're still going to eat. That's not biblical. It's not biblical at all. It's not biblical. This is a spiritual fight. This whole, it's not about defunding the police. It's about the enemy taking the steps that he feels is necessary to eliminate the authority that exists on the planet that has been put in place by the word of God. The enemy is not fighting the police. He's not fighting white and black. He is fighting against the word of God. Yep. And if he can convince through socialist programs and Marxist programs that the rule of law and this authority that exists on the planet is not good and should be done away with, that is one step closer to getting to the rapture. But before yep. then, the rule of law is going to be eliminated. Right. It, it will be eliminated. How, how did the Bible say that? Is gonna, uh, they're going to have a time of lawlessness, I believe. It's, I, I think it's Romans where he's talking about the end. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it, the Lord said they will be lawless. They shall not respect their parents. They shall not respect And we're living right. in that time right now. Right. So, Brother James, want to thank you for coming on the Cajun Conservative. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come back on, man, hey, give us some of your great knowledge of law enforcement. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I get it. I get it. All right. Yep. Well, and also, as you said, 30-some years, close to being, uh, thank you for your service. You know, I don't know if you hear that a lot. Uh, without men and women like you that protect us and keep us free and uh, but keep our laws, you know, we, we appreciate everything you do. And I want to tell you, the Cajun Conservative does back the blue, and we do respect law enforcement officers we, here. We appreciate that. We all do. All yeah. of us do. Very right. much. Well, guys, we'll be right back as we talk about Liz Cheney and Bill Cassidy. As you know, Bill Cassidy making crazy statements again, but we're going to be right back. How you doing, everybody? Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Cajun Conservative. I want to go ahead and thank Brother James Tipito for coming on to this podcast and explaining his thoughts and opinions on, you know, defund the police and everything like that. And he is right, you know, folks. It, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, law enforcement and all that is political, but it isn't. It is a spiritual issue. And if you look at it that way, the devil is attacking this nation. This, the devil is trying to drop all form of authorities. Right? And look, he even said in his in his uh, in his uh, segment that there is bad apples, but guess what? There's ways, and there's you know there there's things you that that are in the system to go ahead and punish people that break the law within the system of the law. And, you know, look, Brother James is a law enforcement officer. This is coming from law enforcement. There is bad apples in every field. There's bad apples in podcasting. There's bad apples in the media. 
But it, it comes to the point where you put all these people in the one back basket, it, it just doesn't work. And we've seen the effect. And like I said, I want to thank Brother James for coming on. Great brother in the Lord and great server, servant to us in the community here at my little hometown. All right, so we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about um, someone that we we love to talk about here in Louisiana is Senator Bill Cassidy. Now, we are from the great state of Louisiana. Proud of it. But we have we have somebody that 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 we sent to Washington to represent us. And you know, he runs around saying, I got 60% of the vote. Well, whoopee-doo, Bill Cassidy. Yeah, you got 60% of the vote. We're not going to deny that fact. What we're going to deny, though, is that you went up there. You uh, Another thing we won't deny, though, Mr. Bill Cassidy, that you won on the back of President Donald J. Trump. Because there had they had ads all over the place. Of Bill Cassidy saying, I'm with Trump, and Trump saying, Bill's my guy when I want to talk about health care. Look, you can go on any YouTube, uh, any channel on YouTube that, that does political stuff like this and see the ads that Bill Cassidy put out. Now, you might be asking, why am I bringing up Bill Cassidy? Well, because this week, Liz Cheney, the famous congresswoman from uh, Wyoming, I believe it is, was replaced with and taken from her third, the the third highest position in the Republican Party. Liz Cheney was a GOP uh, was part of the GOP leadership, but got national recognition when she criticized Trump because Trump was saying that he was the, the election was fraudulent and that he was stolen the election. And ever since that has happened with Liz Cheney, that happened after January 6th, Liz Cheney, well, no, before January 6th, because, well, no, yeah, January 6th when he was hearing the Electoral College and all that stuff, Liz Cheney was one of them that kept this alive. She kept on saying how Trump was wrong and Trump was denying the American people the constitutional, you know, right of, of a free and fair election, and he was bringing out lies and everything. Well, Liz Cheney went ahead and was replaced by a lady, if I can get her name, Elsa Stanifek, which has supported Trump in the past. She has come out in some hearings and really supported Trump, but she is a New York congresswoman, and I want to see how she does because she's doing a lot like a politician is doing right now. Hey, I I stood with Trump. I did this, and a lot of the things she she stands for, we're going to have to watch and see how Miss Elisa Stanford says. I'm hoping I'm saying her name right. But But Liz Cheney went ahead and was removed. And she went ahead and she, you know, just kept on attacking Donald Trump and kept on saying how Donald Trump wasn't the future of the Republican Party. And Mitch McConnell and Steve Scalise have been working with Donald J. Trump and has been, you know, trying to find out what's the best path for the Republican Party. Look, folks, I, and I, I know I'm a conservative. I was a Trump supporter. I'm a Trump supporter and all that stuff. But, folks, Donald Trump is the Republican Party's future. You know, a lot of Republicans still look up to Donald Trump. 
you know, COVID messed up his re- re-election campaign. I believe they had a lot of things go on behind the scenes that media don't want us to know. And look, I use Fox News, but Fox News refuses to go ahead and talk about anything with voter fraud. How many people know that in Arizona, there is a, 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 an audit of last year's election? See, you don't hear that from Fox News. You don't hear that from CNN. You don't hear that from, but it's happening. And Fox News doesn't mention. Now, I use Fox News. I use Breitbart. I use a lot of people. But Liz Cheney was removed from her third, uh, the third as the third highest ranking Republican. And she, you know, she was removed and she left blasting. I mean, she left just go, going at it. Just, just, you know, really, really attacking the Republican Party, saying that she would do everything in her power to make sure that Trump wouldn't even get near the Oval Office. And that she's devoted to the Constitution and she's devoted to all this. But Liz Cheney has not really agreed with Trump. Like, like a lot of politicians, when she was running for president, I mean, running for you know, her seat in Congress, she, hey, I'm with Trump, I'm with Trump, I'm with Trump, and guess what? She, basically, she wasn't. So Liz Cheney attacking Donald Trump, and look, because she attacked Donald Trump, don't label her a rhino. But the, her attitude and her, she, she's one of those people that think we need to bring the Republican Party more to the center of things. Folks, I've learned something when Republicans start saying, hey, we need to start moving more to the center and more to the middle. The, le- the, the Democrats in the left move more to the left so you can get more center with them and they move more to the left. They keep moving that goalpost to when you're moving more to the center, you're really moving towards socialistic ideas and communistic ideas. And the Republican parties don't just stand their ground. Look, there's good leaders in our in our uh, in our in our House of Representatives in our Senate. Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, you know, there there's men and women in these seats that are holding firm to the to the conservative thought process and the way of America. But Liz Cheney and then want to move it more to the right. Let's let's move more to the left. Let's be more centered instead of staying firm on their beliefs. But Liz Cheney attacking Republicans and attacking Donald Trump is not you, you uniting the Republican Party. This is dividing the, the Republican Party. So you might ask, well, why you brought up Bill Cassidy at the beginning? Because Bill Cassidy said they should not remove her. Also, Bill Cassidy was on a, uh, a radio program the other day when they asked him about, would you support Donald Trump if he was a nominee? Bill Cassidy comes out and says he will not be our nominee. Really, Bill, you talk for all the Republicans in this great state. I mean, this great country. You also talk, you, you're really representing all the Republicans that are in Louisiana. See, Bill Cassidy saying, well, 25% of us agree with, uh, with Liz Cheney. Really? Okay, so 25%. You know, but that's 75% more Republicans and right-wing leaning people that disagrees with Bill Cassidy. Bill Cassidy, in my opinion, should not be senator. My, look, 
I voted for Bill Cassidy. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let everybody know that right there. Because Bill Cassidy was really the only sure shot to win. But if Louisiana would have a close primary, and my friends in Louisiana that are listening now know what I'm talking about, Bill Cassidy would have not had a shot. The Republican Party in Louisiana endorsed Bill Cassidy because he was standing behind Donald J. Trump. But now that Donald Trump is out of the way, oh, it it don't matter. They can trash Donald Trump and say he would not be, you know, our nominee. You know, I'm just thinking about, you know what Bill Cassidy and Liz Cheney sound like? Let, let, Let me refresh your memory back in the day. When Donald Trump decided to run for president, and all these liberal commentators... And all these, these, these so-called experts on CNN, ABC, CBS, and all of them saying Donald Trump didn't have a shot. Donald Trump is just in here to get his face in front of the camera. Donald Trump don't have a shot. And look, your good-looking host said the same thing. And I'm going to give kudos to where kudos is due. My wife. Looked at me one day while watching TV and Donald Trump was on there. And she said, that's the next president of the United States. That was, of course, in 2015 or 2016, give or take, around there. And I looked at her. I said, there's no way. Look, hey, even the good-looking host can be wrong once or twice. And when when Donald Trump won, I looked at her. I said, and I'm the political one? My My wife is just starting to get into politics, folks. But as I said, though, you know, this starting to sound like 2015, 2016 all over again. Donald Trump, according to Bill Cassidy, will not be the nominee. According to Liz Cheney, she's not going to even try to let him get near the over office. So, look, uh, Bill Cassidy did not answer the question. What if what if Donald Trump? is the nominee of the Republican Party once again. What if Donald Trump goes up against Joe Biden in three and a half years, or, you know, yeah, three and a half years? What if? Would you support him? Will Bill Cassidy go ahead and answer the same? Well, you know, he's not going to be the nominee. In my opinion, Bill Cassidy has already answered that question. Liz Cheney has already answered that question. Now, look, I, 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 I don't doubt Bill Cassidy is a good man. I don't doubt that Bill Cassidy is, is, is a humble man. You know, sometimes you, I, Bill Cassidy just, I don't know. Bill Cassidy just got something under his skin for Donald Trump. Now, it's coming out that he was originally from Chicago or something like that. Him and his wife moved down. I heard a local radio affiliate say uh, this week that uh, his wife told him to vote for the impeachment. You know, so so, and and that would I rise. That would raise another question: Is wait a minute, Bill? Does your wife represent the whole nation? Does your wife represent what the American people think? When look, Bill Cassidy, and I'm one of them. I am one of them that tried calling Bill Cassidy's office. I am one of them that sent. I sent Bill Cassidy an email saying you should not vote for the impeachment of Donald Trump. But by golly, 
Bill Cassidy did it anyway. Even after saying, hey, I heard from y'all. And he, and I, I like how Bill Cassidy, you know, thinks, well, it was a 50-50. I had the same amount of people say to impeach him and the same amount of people say not to impeach him. So I had to make a decision. That's bull. If I'm not mistaken, I think Donald Trump would won over 60% of the state. Now, I'm not saying in this state we don't have blue-leaning liberal people in this state. I know a few of them. But they don't, they don't, this state is majority red. Our politicians and our, our legislative leaders that call themselves Republicans are really Democrat because they lean more to the left because that's the only way they're going to win here. But it's the same thing as I said last week. Some people come and say, oh, I'm conservative. And there's some people out there that say, oh, well, he's conservative. I'm going to vote for him. And that's what Bill Cassidy did. That's what Liz Cheney did. Liz Cheney went on that pulpit Wednesday and said, on that podium and said, you know, I'm going to fight to hold up our conservative views. I don't think she knows what the definition of conservative is. But to have our state senator of this great state of Louisiana say that they should not remove Liz Cheney and go ahead and add fuel to the fire by saying Donald Trump would not be the nominee and still say Trump caused an insurrection. You, these two Republicans have fallen on their heads. They need, a, they need to examine them because they're a special kind of stupid. And look, this is not, this is not you uniting the country. This is not uniting the Republican Party. They're, they're saying that, that our goal, our goal is to win 2022. And if we put Donald Trump in there, we're not going to win 2022. Now, I heard the whole interview with Bill Cassidy. You know, and I, I can't remember who did the interview, but the, the host that was doing the interview said, look, y'all, y'all saying that, that Donald Trump lost and that was bad and that was a rule. Uh, you know, and, uh, even Bill Cassidy, we lost the presidency, we lost the Senate, and we lost the Congress. Yeah, but do you know that we picked up more seats in Congress? We did not lose one incumbent Republican. Democrats, however, lost a lot, a lot, I think like 10 incumbents. Their majority, I think their majority is only like five to six seats. Also in the Senate, all places that it came down to Georgia, where they had two Senate seats where it normally doesn't happen like that, where they go ahead in the dead of night, the Republicans look like they're going to go ahead and squeeze by. All of a sudden, we got to stop counting the votes. Something something broke again. We can't use water leak. We used that last time. No, we just have to count, stop counting and bring it in. And all of a sudden, when they start counting, oh, look, the Democrat has more. The same pattern, folks, that happened in the, in the presidential election. Now, I'm not saying that the Senate, I'm not, it's hard to believe that the, that the two Senate Democrats would do that, steal an election? Come on, Isaac, come on. You, you're a conspiracy theorist. It's okay for them to call fraud, though. But, folks, Bill Cassidy is not fighting, or not on this issue for sure, not fighting for his constituents in Louisiana. He's not even fighting for the whole, sta- the whole state. Look, major- I mean, whole country, majority of Republicans in this country like Trump. And they would back Trump. 
Should Trump run again? That's a whole different argument. That's a whole different argument. I, I, I saw an interview with uh, uh, a, a guy called Mark Whitley. And he said that Donald Trump shouldn't run again. Donald Trump should go ahead and look at a, um, at a ticket like DeSantis and Cruz or DeSantis and Cadence Owens. Something like that to, to, to tell them. Now, after hearing his interview with Candace Owens, like I said, I, I'm leaning more that Trump will run. Should he run? I don't know. But all these Republicans that are saying, no, he's not going to be our nominee. No, he's not going to be the one to, to, to lead our party. And whoever supports him is going to lose. I, I made the difference. I think Trump is the Republican mouthpiece right now. And I believe Donald Trump is going to get this country back. And we got to 2022. We have to win the House and we have to win the Senate. But I, I promise you, if we have to rely on people like Bill Cassidy and Liz Cheney, we're not going to win the Senate. We're not going to win the House. And we're definitely not going to win the presidency in, in 2024. Why? Because they're weak-kneed Republicans. They're rhino. They're Republicans in name only. And they're not standing up for the Republican Party. So what do we do? We go vote. We make our voices heard in this great country. I want to thank you for joining me again for the Cajun Conservative on this episode this week. Hope you have a blessed one. Remember, Jesus is king. Jesus is coming back. Are you ready to meet him? If not, meet him. He's the best decision you ever have. Until next week, folks. This is your friendly neighborhood Cajun conservative saying until next week. Bye-bye.